Running out of food and fuel as gangs control the streets. The UN warns Haiti is close to breaking point. Its government appealing for international help. But will a foreign force intervene? Can it restore order? I'm Sami Zaydan. You're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. All right, let's bring in our guests into the show. We have in Miami, Laurent Lamotte. He was prime minister of Haiti between 2012 and 2014. In Port-au-Prince, we have Joseph Arrault-Pierre. He's an academic and consultant on Latin America and Haiti. And in New York, Daniel Foote, a former American diplomat and former U.S. special envoy to Haiti. A warm welcome to you all. If I could start with uh, Mr. Laurent. So... What sort of challenges, first of all, to put this all into context, what kind of challenges do people in Haiti now face on a regular basis just to get through the day? The, the immediate challenge is security challenge. Um, the, the, the security situation is dire. We are experiencing sort of a, uh, an urban guerrilla warfare happening with the gangs just taking over control of, of the capital. 75% of the capital is, is controlled by gangs. And, and mainly eight main warlords are, are the ones creating you know, chaos and havoc in Haiti today. The police is very weak, under-equipped, understaffed, and not very motivated. And basically, the situation is that the, that the gangs are, are ruling the field. They're calling the shots. Hospitals are closed or are closing. Uh, it's a very difficult to get fuel across. And, and, and the fuel that does get across is, uh, is being sold at, you know, between $25 to $35 U.S. per gallon. So this is creating a perfect storm. And, uh, and on top of that, the president, uh, Jovenel Moïse, who was brutally assassinated last year, there is still no answers about his assassination, and we still don't know who financed and who was behind the assassination. Laurent, who arms and funds these gangs? I think it's a multiple stream of, of, of funding. Uh, one of it is, is, is simply kidnappings. Haiti has experienced over 1,500 kidnappings in the past 18 months, approximately. And, uh, and, and basically, this activity has gotten over $31 million to the gang at simply an average of $20,000 per ransom per victim. So if you calculate it, that, that makes you $31 million. And in a country like Haiti, $31 million is a huge sum. So that's, that's certainly one. They have uh, you know, funders uh, outside of Haiti. They have funders also in Haiti. Um, and, and, and interestingly enough, there was uh, a church that was involved also in, in, in weapon smuggling and that uh, some of the head of that church are currently in jail, the Episcopal Church. Right. And, and on top of that, you have a, a fuel contraband that, that the gangs are doing that, that is you know, earning them a whole lot of revenue. So you have a, you have a host of different revenue streams, and, and this is why it's important to have, you know, to support the police within an international um, task force, an international anti-gang force to come in and, and rescue, and I would say liberate the people from the From, from the from gangs, gangs, which are, all right. Let's bring in Daniel Foote. There's been a lot of focus 
on the issue of gangs in Haiti. International diplomacy is focused on it. The media is focused on it. Is it, though, the cause of the problems or one of the symptoms of the problems of Haiti? At this point, I would say gangs are one of the symptoms, but it's become the chief key symptom. Uh, the gangs spun out of recent governments in Haiti. Uh, they've been around since the days of Aristide uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. But in the past five or six years, they were politicized by the palace under President Moise. Uh, and so they operated with much more impunity and no oversight. And the police when they went to hold operations against the gangs, the gang infiltration of the police always told the gangs that they were coming. So, made it so Daniel, it sounds like you're saying, really, weak governance, corruption, these are some of the, the root causes of the, the problems in, in Haiti. That, right? That's the cause. It comes from poor government, and I posit that it comes from international meddling throughout the years. At this point, after the assassination, by press release, the international community anointed Dr. Ariel Henry as the de facto prime minister. The current protests going on on the streets in Haiti are because Dr. Ariel Henry raised fuel subsidies and is illegitimate. And I fear that an intervention, an international intervention, that's seen by the Haitian people as backing this dictator, Ariel Henry, who has not negotiated with civil society or the opposition there. Uh, and if that's the case, the international force may be at conflict with the very people that it's being sent to. All right, we're going to Haitian. get into the question of international intervention. But before we get there, I want to bring in Joseph Aropierre into the discussion and ask this question. You. You can see some of these gang members position themselves more as politicians. To what degree do they have any public support? As, as Daniel was, was pointing out, as the, author the legitimacy of authority crumbles in the eyes of many Haitians, are they looking to other forms of, of authority like some of these gangs? I don't think that the Haitian people are considering are the gangs members are their leaders. Obviously, uh, some gang members have some support in the population, uh, especially where they are based. I think as uh, we have no state in the country and uh, those gangs members uh, uh, give, let's say, food and other stuff to the, to the community, as a result, they have some support from them. But uh, most important is uh, it's a disagree with, disagreement with the, uh, the statement of uh, Mr. Lamotte. Uh, who are the finances, the funders of the gang? The funders of the gang mostly are politicians. And this start since 2010, mostly. And uh, this is linked to mostly to elections. These are politicians who funded the gangs. And now we have some people, and also from the private sector, who support them mostly as for protection. And it's clear that the gangs is the result of the non-existence of Haitian state, because we don't have no political leader, we don't have no political class, we don't have no elite in the country. And the only way to, and it's clear that the, the gang doesn't, do not have a, a, a huge support from the population. But most importantly, 
how to get out of them, how to uh, sort out the problem. As far as I'm concerned, the only way right now to sort out the insecurity problem in Haiti is in international intervention. Why? Because in Haiti, the, the police does not have the political, excuse me, they have the technical capacity. They do not have the financial means. And we don't have any political will in Haiti, either from the government and, uh, and or from the from the, the opposition. So, and the international community obviously do not have the political will, but they have the um, technical capacity and the financial means. That's why I think the answer to that is an international intervention, just, just to sort out the insecurity problem. Daniel wants to come in. Let's give Daniel a, a, a chance here to get involved in this. So the idea that really inter international intervention is the only hope and only solution, Daniel. Right or wrong? I don't believe that's the case. What happens after the international intervention when uh, the gangs are taken care of? Who rules Haiti then? Ariel Henry, what do we do? I don't disagree that there's been no political will. There has been a huge movement over the past almost two years in Haiti to via uh, civil society and opposition political parties to come up with a new dynamic for Haiti. And they did that, but because the United States backs and requires Ariel Henry to be part of any agreement moving forward, that has been the only obstacle to a political consensus in Haiti. It has unraveled over the past six months. Why is that, Daniel? He's their guy. He was an anointed by them in a bizarre press release, and they'd have to admit that they were wrong, and I think they're afraid of the unknown. The U.S. has completely right. ignored Haiti since I resigned a year ago, and now it wants to send in an international force with no real goal and without understanding the problem. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. Let me bring back in Laurent into the discussion. Would it be a sensible idea to send in an international intervention force before there is a government that has some legitimacy in the eyes of the Haitians? The current administration, you know, the prime minister, he wasn't elected. He's delayed elections. He's disbanded the electoral council. Aren't a lot of Haitians going to see his call for an international force to come into the country, that invitation itself not to be legitimate? Well, this is this is the situation right now, and that's why it's a very complicated situation because because the the, the current prime minister is not legitimate, and he was basically he, he extended his mandate. Um, the mandate that he had was basically was pretty clear, um, and he had four months to do it. And right now we're at month fifteen, so so that 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 complicates the situation even more. So the magic one of sending uh, an international anti-gang force is alone is not going to solve the problem. It's going to have to be a long-term approach, certainly um, humanitarian aid package, you know, to assist, uh, to assist with, the with the immediate social crisis that, that's going to unfold from this. Um, Laurent, does that become the mission then of an international force? Does it go in there? Where does it end? What's the scope? Is it simply to you know, disarm the gangs, or well, does it turn into really administering and running Haiti? The number one priority will be to disarm the gang and to bring back security, because without security, nothing else works. 
People cannot get out of their house. People cannot work. Uh, you know, Caracol Park is laying off is laying off its workers because they cannot open. There is no fuel in the country. So the country is grinding to a halt. So everything is stopped. So the number one priority is going to be to restore security and to, to allow people to get back to, to their lives. Now, parallel to this, you need to fix the, the political situation through elections once the security is restored because this government is a provisional government that's there and, and it hasn't really done much to to organize elections, like, as you mentioned before. So the, the, the country is, is, is basically at a, at a standstill politically as well as socially. So, you, you know, it's, it's not an easy situation to solve, right. but it starts let, let me jump with in restoring here, security. You said some really interesting things there, you know, the country's at a standstill politically and socially. Joseph Aropierre, the 2021, for example, Transparency Corruption Index puts Haiti, won't surprise you, at 164th position out of 180 countries. So, you know, towards the bottom. So when we talk about an intervention force going in to try and reboot the country politically and socially, that's a very big challenge, right? You're talking about restarting half, most of Parliament's empty, isn't it? There's, there's got to be elections. You've got to reform the dissolved electoral council and you've got the problem of corruption this is not a quick fix solution the idea that foreign forces go in sort it out and they'll be out soon but i think there are some considerations to do first of all the the, the main problem right now really is the insecurity issue so we need the international intervention to help us sort out that but we cannot have this mission who with do they hand power to government. Who do they hand what? power to? Who do they hand power to, Joseph? Yeah, who do they work the gangs. No, once they've, the gangs. Once they've, all right, once they've disarmed the gangs, who, who does the international force hand power to? Do they hand it back to? Or, or do they just go there to support Ariel Henry? Or who do they hand power over to? Who's empowered? Well, I, I, I think uh, what, what they will do First of all, we cannot do it with the, the, the current government. What they will do, um, we need, first of all, a transitional government. So hang on, hang on a Montana second. If they don't remove the current government, they're not going to be very popular in the eyes of many Haitians, right? They're going to be no, seen in, as here comes the evil foreigners once again and prop up a dictator. Isn't that how most Haitians are going to see this? No, it's not possible to do it with the current government because the current government is not only uh, unpopular, but it is a popular in the hands of an international community. What I think we need a new government which can orient, which can guide the, the international intervention. Because with this government, we'll have a failure as we had in 2004. So we, we need a new government for that. Mm. But um, I think the international intervention will not want, first of all, they need to sort out the insecurity problem. And then, it, it comes to Haitians to build the country with, obviously, the assistance of the international community. All right. But that, I don't that, think that's that going to take. With... Let me bring in Daniel Foot if I could, because that will probably take some time. In the meantime, Daniel, does such a force enter into conflict as soon as it hits the ground? It's got to. That's the purpose of the force, right? And I'm concerned that, uh, to the best of my knowledge, the Haitian security guys and the internationals have zero good intelligence on the gang. So 
they're going to be faced with trying to differentiate them from protesting Haitians, just looking for a voice uh, to be heard for a better life. And I think we're seeing the whole problem with intervention in this conversation. Laurent kind of made mention of it. Uh, an intervention to fix security is not a magic pill because at the end of the day, nobody's thought of what are we going to do afterwards, just like in Iraq or Afghanistan. We can send in guys and, and kill a bunch of Haitians and clear the streets and restore security, but then what? So if you're going to send in an international force, you better think about the then what after that force is on the ground at hand. If I can bring back in, Laura, then, on then that what? point. Then All right, what? go ahead, Joseph. Then, then what? This now, I think that after solving the insecurity problem, we need the international community to keep assisting the new Haitian government. This is what I think, because after what the insecurity Haitian problem government? is there solved... There is none. It's not going to appear magically but, out of nowhere. And every time the internationals that's what, that's, have intervened, when the internationals intervened, they imposed the wrong leaders That's in why Haiti. I'm talking of yes. a, right. a, let's, a, let's give Daniel, finish the thought. Daniel, then we'll come back to you very briefly, Joseph. But very briefly, guys, go ahead, Daniel. Each time the international community comes in and, and solves this new magical government for you, it doesn't work. And right. you get coups and we wind up where we are now, and okay. the country is a thousand times worse than it was the last time. Before. All right, very briefly, because Joseph, because I want to give Laurent a chance. Very briefly, Joseph, come back on that. But I'm not so pessimistic. I don't think that that will be the result. Because right. if we, right now, we have, a let's say, a new transitional government between the Montana Court and the government, and those people will um, guide the mission to sort out the insecurity problem. Okay. And second, right. we'll organize elections. All right, guys. All right, we can keep going at this. I want to give Laurent a chance to come in here. Uh, Laurent, at the beginning, you said you supported the idea of a foreign intervention. There is a question there. How much confidence do you have in the desire, the interest of some of the international powers that are talking about intervening, that they are actually interested in some of the bigger picture things you were mentioning? Because at the end of the day, we're talking about an international community or, or powers in the international community that have been criticized for looking the other way while Ariel Henry dismissed a chief prosecutor in September after the prosecutor sought to charge him in connection with the assassination of Jovenel Moise, replaced the country's justice minister, dissolved the council organizing elections. Do you really have a lot of confidence that a foreign force is going to be really concerned with restoring all of these issues? Well, that's why it's important not to repeat the mistakes of the past. Mm. Uh, Haiti has been has seen its share of international intervention, of multinational forces, of UN forces, uh, several forms of UN forces. And that's why this time around, it's important to get it right. Um, and Haiti, um, security-wise, has never been at such a situation. I mean, for the past few years, Haiti has worked actively at disarming, disequipping, and equipping the police. And, and the gangs have been, you know, arming themselves. And as I said, Port-au-Prince today, and Haiti in general, has the highest per capita kidnapping ratio in the world. 
so this is a perfect storm. And, you know, where do you start? So you start, number one, by restoring some sense of security for people to go about, you know, their right. lives. So that's, that's the number one step. Right. That's the number one step. So now, politically, politically, the current government that's there, we, we all know that it's, it's an illegitimate government and, cannot, and, and doesn't have, I would say, um, a lot of you know, too much future. Right, right. Right, for okay. sure. So, and, and that's why that's why all this has to collide to giving the people a voice. Once security is restored, then the people should have the voice to elect their leader. All right, and it let's, should not be let's done. end on that point. That's Back a positive. Giving people the voice to elect their own leader. Gentlemen, this could go on for a lot longer. It's been a really good discussion. Time is fun, hasn't it? We didn't have enough time, I don't think, to get into everything we would want to, but there's always tomorrow. For now, let's thank our guests very much, Laurent Lamotte, Joseph Arrault-Pierre, and Daniel Foote. That's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Joseph John, Nihad Al-Abadi, Fungi Ndien, and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Suraj Sankar. The program was edited by Vinish Villingat. Lilin Dien and Jody Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again on Thursday.